Ladies and gentlemen. You know, as I can take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 106 of the Talk Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed. Got a lot to hop into. We're going to talk about the Boneyard Match, Firefly Finals, or Final Deletion, which was better. I asked that on Twitter. I'm going to get into that. Why the Undertaker needs to retire. Shayna Baszler, real Ripley done. A lot of things happened to impact as well. We're going to cover everything. But first, you can find me on Twitter at 2SweetPod and at OMGCoreyB. You can find me there. Also, you can find me at linktr.ee slash 2SweetPod. where you can find all of my listings for this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, I asked the question on Twitter, which was better? Was it the Boneyard match? Was it the Firefly Funhouse match slash Vengeanette, whatever you want to call that? Or was it Final Deletion from Impact? And I got a ton of responses about to happen to all of them. So we're about to have like four or five minutes worth of tweets here. I'll try to get through them quicker than that. So stick with me. First up, ladies and gentlemen, we had Adrian365. He said, all awesome and very different, but if I had to choose, it would be the Firefly Funhouse match because it was so different from anything I've ever seen in wrestling. And it told an amazing story, which is the part of any great match. I totally agree with that. Ah, that it told an amazing story. And that is the point of any great, great match. Thank you for your response. Uh, next up, we had 1962G2GT underscore Hawk. He said, I've never seen the final deletion between the hardest. I guess I need to go find it. It is on Twitter. It is worth your time. Next up, we had Andrew Vorkess. I hope I'm getting that right. He said, I want to know when Johnson was in the NWO. This is a valid point because... They went through the history of John Cena and the NWO while it was funny. The Nitro stuff, while it was great, that had nothing to do with uh, John Cena. I get that. Underscore Flying Brian, he said, Boneyard for sure. Unless you are talking about TNA's final deletion match, then that overall, yes, I am talking about that match. Next up, we have H.C. Strickland. He said the ending to Marine Part 9 was pretty good. I'm like, yes. Like, that was out of left field. I've never seen the, the Marine franchise before. Guess I got to go and check it out. Ah, next up, we have King Skaggs. He says Boneyard. He's going with the Boneyard match. Ah, next up, we have John T. Brown, 95. He said, I preferred the Firefly Funhouse segment, but I should preface this by saying the only time I've ever really cared about either Hardy was Matt Hardy version 1.0. Matt Hardy V1 was incredible, man. WWE really dropped the ball with that guy. I love the broken stuff. I'm taking it that you don't love the broken stuff here. Next up, we have Dean. He says, final deletion. That is his vote. Uh, after that, we have Goober2046, <laughs> Final Deletion first, Firefly Funhouse second, Boneyard third. We had a lot of differing opinions here uh, that I found very interesting. Next up, we had TBK underscore secret. He said, I don't know but about pay-per-view, but they had a cinematic. Uh, they were talking about, we got in a discussion here about 
previous uh, matches like this in the the match that was brought up was Sting versus Vampiro in a graveyard match and uh, we, they talked about that and he brought up that Vampiro and Sting had one first and talked about how you know what uh, we needed to go look it up yes that was the OG graveyard match so yeah man a lot of varying responses here Frank uh, Swa 666 Boneyard uh, Dave John I'm not going to even go through the numbers, but it says Dave X as his name. Lesnar and McIntyre, I guess he hated the Boneyard matches and uh, match the, the cinematic matches at WrestleMania. Moving on, we have Joe Diano 247. First Boneyard, second final deletion. Uh, moving on, Constant Chaos. Well, if we include 90s WCW, that's where probably where the conversation started. What if we include 90s WCW? They had graveyard matches, one with Sting and Vampiro. A lot of people going back to that. How about that? Uh, Constant Chaos, Final Deletion, because we had never seen anything like that before. I respect that opinion. Uh, Crazy P315, doesn't matter. They were all good in different ways, all very different. It does matter for the context of this question, but they all were very good in different ways. Next up, we had Michael Floyd Hardy. So definitely the Boneyard match. People love the Boneyard match out there, man. Next up, we had Steven that said Undertaker versus AJ. Ah, next up we had Enos Mark. He said Marine Six. Like a lot of Marine responses here. Like, eh, I've never seen a Marine. But moving on, we had Sport at Sports or Andy. Yeah, he was talking about the Firefly Funhouse match. He said it was a skit. It wasn't a match. And I understand where he's coming from, but hey, it did have a three count. That's where I'm at on that one. So that's why I called it a match. Next up we had at Matt Ritter. He said, Boneyard match. A lot of people love that match. At uh, at Rob G329, he said, Firefly. Uh, he loved that match. At 20SM underscore NJ, they said, honestly, the Firefly Funhouse match. The other two are comparable, but I think the Funhouse match did something more with the framework that the, uh, that the final deletions than the final deletion set. There was a lot of uh, great aspects to the Firefly Funhouse match. I'm about to break them all down after all of this, so stay tuned. At Mad Nutter, Colin, at Mad Nutter 0102 said, Final deletion, no contest. I respect that opinion. And at, that was me at Boneyard Match Enthusiast picking up the question. So we're done with all of the responses. Thank you, everyone, for responding to the question of the week. Thank you, everyone. Here is where I stand on all of this. We're about to really break this down into categories. We got which felt like a bigger deal, a better storyline, funniest, better production, better overall. So which felt like a bigger deal to me? Was it the Boneyard match, was it the final deletion, or was it the Firefly Funhouse match? What felt like a bigger deal to me was the Boneyard match. It was WrestleMania. It was The Undertaker. And it was at a graveyard match. So it is at in The Undertaker's home. We've been building this character for years upon years now. So that felt like a huge deal. Final Deletion felt like a big deal. But we didn't quite know what we were getting into. Ah, it was on impact so it was on a weekly show so that has a strike against it when it comes to feeling like a big deal uh, Firefly Funhouse match it didn't feel like as big a deal as the Boneyard match so it felt like a bigger deal I'm gonna give that to the Boneyard match better storyline this is final deletion by far and away uh, like we had built 
months upon months, if I'm not mistaken, of Matt Hardy trying to break Jeff Hardy and trying to delete Jeff Hardy. We built upon that thing for months and it was a tremendous storyline. I definitely got to give that to Final Deletion. Funniest of the three matches, I am going to give that to definitely to Final Deletion. Now, Firefly Funhouse, it had its very, very funny moments and it came close here, but Final Deletion, like we just had so many funny things to happen in that match. The dilapidated boat, uh, Jeff Hardy jumping off of a tree, like just too many funny uh, moments just to not say Final Deletion here. Better production. I am going to have to give that to the Firefly Funhouse match. Like, when you look at Final Deletion, the, the whole love of it is because it was, it looked like a low-budget movie. It didn't have a lot of great production, so I love that aspect of it. Uh, the Boneyard match had some great production, but I got to give this to the Firefly Funhouse match because they went through so many different eras. Saturday Night Main Event, uh, WCW Nitro, we had everything there, and it was so well-produced. Looking at better overall, I am going to have to give this overall to Final Deletion. Yes, that is my answer to the question. That was better overall because it was the first of its kind. I, it did strike a chord with me because I, I followed the storyline throughout all of those months. And we finally got to the match and the match lived up to the hype, even though we didn't quite know what it was. It lived up to the hype. It was in a wrestling ring. Ended up outside. So well done, Final Deletion was. Now, to be honest with you all, I loved all three in different aspects. Uh, so, I didn't have a problem with either of them. I thought they were all well done. Uh, so, I liked all of them. And I hope to see matches like this in the future. Not on a normal basis because you want to keep them special. So, I loved all three. I thought Final Deletion was the best overall. That is my opinion. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to some news bites. Before we get into AEW and NXT, we got a lot of news bites here. Uh, for me, what we're going to move on to is the fact that, you know what? From a personal opinion, from a personal standpoint, this needs to be Undertaker's last ride. Undertaker needs to retire. Look, the Bone Guard match was incredible. And there were a lot of people saying, you know what? Undertaker can extend his career two, three, four years by doing these matches. And you know what? You're right about that, technically. But you know what we're going to do? If Undertaker wrestles another match like this, and he keeps wrestling matches like this, what are we going to say? I know us as fans, we're going to say, oh, this wasn't as good as the Boneyard match. You know what? Undertaker should have went on ahead and retired at the Boneyard match. So let's just do this thing right now. I don't want to see any other Undertaker matches. Like we found Undertaker was a person, in my opinion, that kept going on with the wrestling because he kept having bad match after bad match after bad match toward the end. He, and he just did not want to go out that way. We finally had what we all considered to be a good match or whatever you want to call it. And Undertaker rides off into the sunset on his motorcycle. That is perfect, man. Like, let's not go on from there. Undertaker needs to hang him up right now because that's like, that's perfect. You can't go out any better than that, in my opinion, if you're the Undertaker. And that needs to just be it. That's my call. That's my opinion on the matter. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley. 
I can't tell y'all how disappointed I was that neither of these ladies walked out with the title at the end of the WrestleMania weekend. And like Shayna Baszler loses to Becky Lynch. We're all saying this is Shayna Baszler's time. She wrecked everybody in the elimination chamber. People said, you know what? Shayna Baszler needs to look strong. They made that argument. She don't look strong now, do she? She wrecked everybody only to lose to Becky Lynch clean, by the way, in a stupid reversal of her uh, chokehold. And like, I'm like, that's how Shayna Baszler loses going on the real Ripley. She tapped out like Oscar. And I'm saying that's how real Ripley loses. Like, I feel like these ladies aren't per se done because they can always come back. But they have lost a ton a ton of their momentum that they previously had going into these matches like Shayna Baszler was on fire she was the greatest thing about help I think she had the longest reign with the NXT title if I'm not mistaken she had a lot of momentum the correct answer here was for her to defeat Becky Lynch and they did not do it I have no idea why Rhea Ripley Another one that had a ton of momentum defeated Shayna Baszler for the NXT title and everybody was riding real Ripley and I'm like she lost she loses to Charlotte Flair and the first thing people are saying is well look we got all these different type of matches with Charlotte Flair and I'm about to get into that why I don't like that but what so, so what for real Ripley like where is she gonna go from here like I'm not gonna say these ladies are absolutely done but man, why can't you just let them win those matches at WrestleMania and move forward? Like, I do not like it whatsoever. We'll see what happens with these ladies moving forward. Moving on here, ladies and gentlemen, as I take a sip of water there. Speaking of Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair versus Io Shirai is coming. And I'm going to get into my NXT review uh, and AEW review at the end of the show. But Io Shirai won the ladder match, and here we go. First of all, I want to say that I seen that I was scrolling on Twitter uh, maybe a couple of days ago, and I seen that Alex McCarthy interviewed Charlotte Flair, and she said that she wanted to defend the NXT title across three brands, all three brands, and I thought that that was absolutely dumb. Like it is an absolutely dumb idea. Like. I do not want to have the NXT title defended on Raw and SmackDown. We got to have month-long storylines or whatever on Raw and SmackDown. No, that needs to stay on NXT. NXT has the best women's division going right now. No, we don't need to defend it across three brands. That would make absolutely no sense. Those brands have titles. Let, let that be. Moving on to Charlotte Flair versus Io Shirai. Like Io Shirai wins the title. I'm going to hop into it later, but everyone's excited. Oh, EO versus Charlotte. I cannot wait. And I'm just sitting there like, y'all just don't know what's coming. Like, we're in a no-win situation here. You want to know why? Charlotte Flair cannot lose her first title defense because what would be the point? EO Shirai can't afford to lose this either because we can't have another person going down to Charlotte Flair. And I will pose this question to you. It would be a, a, a fantastic matchup. But what do you think is going to happen? You really think they're about to have Charlotte Flair lose her first title defense? No. 
here is the deal. People are excited about it now, but at the end of this match, people are going to be so upset again. I'm just sitting here preparing everybody now. I'm on this podcast on this afternoon, and I'm just here to say, just be ready. Don't, don't go out complaining when when Io Shirai loses this match. Don't 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 be mad because you know WWE is gonna keep this title on Charlotte Flair. They're not about to have her lose her first title match, which is why they shouldn't have put the title on her in the first place. Because I am the one that said, "Why do we need the title on Charlotte? We're gonna have all these ladies go up and lose to Charlotte Flair so that one person." Can beat her at a big event when we could have just had that at WrestleMania. We could have had Real Ripley versus Io Shirai. That was the match that was being built up to. Like instead, we're gonna get Charlotte, and instead she's gonna win. So I don't like it. It's gonna be a phenomenal match, but look, man, I just don't like it. Moving on to things I don't like. Bianca Belair has moved up to the main roster on WWE Raw. Look, man, first of all, I don't like her being paired with the Street Profits because Bianca Belair is too big of a star to me to be paired up with someone. Like, she should have been on her own path. And, like, maybe, who knows here, maybe she's starting out there and they're going to wrestle a whatever match. They had a three-person tag match on the recent episode of Monday Night Raw. Maybe when she's finished with uh, her feud there, she's going to move on on her own. We'll see. But as it stands right now, she's paired with the Street Profits, and I don't really like that. Because I feel like, you know what? Bianca Belair needs to be doing her own thing. Another thing that I don't like about this is, man, Bianca Belair was the biggest star going on NXT. She had the most momentum going on NXT just a short few weeks ago man she wrecked the singles matchup said that something to the effect that she was coming for charlotte flair and everybody was excited said charlotte you don't even go here if i'm not mistaken i think that was that promo or that could have been the promo when she was facing off with rhea ripley and charlotte flair either way she had a ton of momentum just a few short weeks ago and they completely left her off of nxt programming ever since and we hadn't seen Bianca Belair, and I don't get it, man. Like, this is all too fast for me. Bianca Belair was supposed to win the NXT Championship. She was, I don't want to say next in line, but she was darn close to being next in line to winning that title. And now she's going to be on the main roster. And here's another thing that I don't like. Here's another thing that I, like, I'm cautious about. The guy, I'm a black man, and here's where I'm coming at with this. I got excited about Sasha Banks when she got caught up to the main roster. I was like, this girl is talented. One of the most talented uh, from an in-ring and promo perspective that I've ever seen when she was in NXT. And she got inconsistent booking for her entire main roster run and it's still continuing and uh, moving on seeing Ember Moon I was like this is another talented sister that I cannot wait to see and they just have not used Ember Moon up to her stature man and here comes Bianca Belair another talented sister and you know what 
I'm not getting my hopes up, bruh. Like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times. I'm just a fool. Like, here's Bianca Belair, the most talented, the most physically gifted woman on the entire roster, WWE and NXT. She should be a multi-time champion. But I'm not getting my hopes up in order for them to get shot down again. We'll see how it turns out. Look, I wish Bianca Belair the best, but but I am cautiously optimistic about her main roster run. We'll see how it turns out going forward. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. The Big Show. Like, we get to the end of Raw. And... We have this thing to where Drew McIntyre is getting interviewed and The Big Show comes out. Like, and he challenges Drew to imagine all of a sudden the title is on the line? Like, all of a sudden, Big Show was the real main event for WrestleMania? And, like, we had a match that did not make any sense whatsoever. They didn't even plug the Big Show show that Big Show has on Netflix right now. Like, it was just a random match that came out of nowhere, man. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on, on this. I'm just going to say that, man, what was WWE doing here? Like, what were they thinking here? It made absolutely no sense. Thank God Drew McIntyre wins the match. But, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, first we had the crap match with Brock, and then we're just going to have throw this match on on Raw at the end of WrestleMania. Like, it made no sense whatsoever. Thank God you won, and I'm going to move on. Moving on to Impact Wrestling. Some Impact Wrestling. Who should win the Impact title at Rebellion? Uh, is it Tessa Blanchard? Is it Eddie Edwards? Is it Michael Elgin? And I'm going to say that on the most recent episode of Impact, we had the North versus Tessa Blanchard and Eddie Edwards. Uh, when what was a fabulous match go ahead and seek it out it was a fantastic main event but we get down to the end and Tessa Blanchard ignores attack from Eddie Edwards a real heel thing to do when you're the face champion I didn't like the booking of that that's just my opinion uh, the North goes on to win the match Michael Elgin blindsides Tessa Blanchard with the power bomb and I'm looking at this man we got a three way between some phenomenal workers. Like, I like Tessa Blanchard, but the run to me has just not been there. Like, the apex of Tessa Blanchard was reached, it seemed, on the chase to the title. And now that she has the title, she's been doing a good job, but it just has not been the run that I thought it would be. As for who should win the match, I am gonna go with Michael Elgin, big match, Mike. This guy has been putting on great match after great match after great match. And I really believe it is his time. The time is now to put the championship on Michael Elgin. Like I got, I love Eddie Edwards as well, but you know what? I'm ready to see Michael Elgin. And I think he is the one that should grab this title right then and there. My pick is for Michael Elgin to be the next Impact Champion. And it should be now, in my opinion. I think he goes off into the stratosphere onto another level if he gains that world championship that is just my opinion moving on we got look man raw and smackdown man we are going to continue tapings with raw and smackdown and you know what man i think this report uh this report comes from pw insider 
and it says that you know what the company is going to continue tapings and after each taping they are going to change the ropes turnbuckle pads aprons canvases and turnbuckles after each taping and like they and it goes on to say these will be completely sanitized and thoroughly clean like here's my deal at what point do you stop at what point do you say enough is enough like AEW has stopped uh, tapings for the foreseeable future. They they did a lot of taping at some point, and they they've stopped it for the foreseeable future. I think at WWE, man, people have gotten sick. Your Roman Reigns, the guy that you were about to put the title on, said, "No mas, I'm not doing this." At what point do you just stop, man? I called right when Roman Reigns said, "I'm out." The next day, I said, "WWE needs to stop." programming for the foreseeable future and I think they just need to come to grips that you know what it, it, it needs to be over man like at what point do you like I'm not saying that they're not caring about the safety and the health of their workers but at what point do you say you know what let's just let's just stop this and let's just take a break and let's let the talent Get a break and let's let this pass over and then we'll come back with a full crowd. That's just my opinion. I think I still have the stance that, you know what, WWE needs to stop production for the foreseeable future and we'll run this back. But, like, yeah, man, I think it needs to be over. That's my take on it. We'll see how the tapings turn out. I don't think Vince McMahon is going for that to stop it. That's why I think things are still going on. But we'll see how it all turns out, how these tapings turn out going forward. But we're going. We got Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. And a report came out from WrestleTalk that Goldberg didn't want to lose to Bray Wyatt at uh, in Saudi because he didn't want the, the the he said he thought that it would hurt his image with the kids. And the report also goes on to say that he agreed to lose to Braun Strowman because his contract was coming up. And look, nothing against the report, nothing against WrestleTalk. Uh, I do not believe this whatsoever, man. You mean to tell me? Goldberg marched into Vince McMahon's office a month or so before WrestleMania and said, you know what? I don't want to lose to Bray Wyatt. This, this result ain't going to work for me. Like, you have to be a fool to believe this, man. Like, Goldberg does not have sway like that. Here's the deal, man. If WWE wanted to keep the title on Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt would have still been the champion. Here's the deal, man. They didn't want what we all think is what, what was the case, in my opinion. WWE didn't want Bray Wyatt in the ring with Roman Reigns because Bray Wyatt was way over. They didn't want Roman Reigns getting booed again. So they placed it on Goldberg. That's the deal. That's it. You cannot get me to believe anything else because it is WrestleMania. No one is going to boss Vince McMahon and when it comes to WrestleMania, that's just how it is. You mean to tell me Goldberg of all people is gonna go in there? I can see if Roman Reigns went in there and said, you know what, I want this or that to happen. Like Goldberg does not have political control like that, and I don't see why people would even believe this. That's just my opinion. I get on Twitter yesterday and people are just going crazy on Goldberg, just taking just believing every bit of the report without putting some common sense to the report like 
man, Goldberg does not have political sway like that. That's just my opinion. Uh, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We move on to Sasha Banks. Now, I told y'all how much I loved when Sasha Banks got called up. I told y'all how much she's gotten inconsistent booking. And at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, Sasha Banks has turned into the reverse Undertaker. Like, I'm not going to spend long on this. I'm not going to be long on this. But Sasha Banks is 0-5 at WrestleMania, man. Like, right when I continually think that this is Sasha Banks' time, they pull the rug from under me, man. And we had a moment at WrestleMania. Naomi gets eliminated. And I say that, you know what? Okay, this is it. This is Sasha Banks' time. And the rug gets pulled from under me. Sasha Banks 0-5. Like, she has the streak at WrestleMania. When Sasha Banks wins a match now, Cole is going to say, The streak is over. Like, whenever Sasha Banks goes to future WrestleMania matches, we're going to have montages of her losses to build up the streak, not her wins. Like... She gives Sasha Banks some consistent booking. That's all I'm saying, man. That's it. That's all I'm saying. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We got the AEW review. We got the NXT review as we are getting ready to close the show here. And we're going to start off with AEW as usual here. Ladies and gentlemen, we had Lance Archer versus Allen Angels in a squash match. Ah, we pretty much what was a squash match. I love the Jake Roberts promo to start the show. I thought that Lance Archer looked really good. They are doing a really good job in building up Lance Archer as we head toward the TNT Championship Tournament uh, for his matchups. And just overall, building up a monster by putting him in squash matches. I absolutely love it. Lance Archer gets the win there. Next up, we have Britt Breaker versus Sheeta. And... What we got here, ladies and gentlemen, what was was a hard-hitting match, man. We had so many great spots that I enjoyed into this match. I won't get into all of them. Uh, we had a sweet sheet of armbar that I loved in this match. Britt Baker got really busted open, man. I cannot tell what was the spot or how it happened, but uh, eventually we get through the match. Britt Baker looks up and her face is full of blood, man, gushing out. She's smiling like a crazy person. Like, that is a image that, you know what, we, we like, it may not be, go on to be an iconic image of her AEW career, but it will be a great image uh, once she moves on throughout her career. Uh, just busted open, man, but she continues the match as professional. We have multiple near falls here. I thought Britt Baker was going to get the win, to be honest. Sheeta picks up the win here and this is a feud ladies and gentlemen that i want to see happen over the aew women's title eventually so i will be keeping a close eye on it moving on ladies and gentlemen we had the road to the no dq match and with hager and moxley and i absolutely love this man Ah, we had a lot of great things. We had Jake Hager's wife, and it really looked like one of those boxing 24-7s that I always love to watch that, that Floyd Mayweather used to be in a lot. I love those things, the way they were, they were produced, and I love that the way that this was produced. It was produced exactly like that. We had the narration over it, and it was absolutely well done. Hager versus Moxley. I thought that they did a good job. These videos did a good job of getting me excited about the match. 
So well done to AEW from that aspect. Next up, we had the Best Friends versus Omega and Nakazawa. And we had the name the best friends on the line here, as we've seen in the earlier promo or in the earlier backstage segment. And we had Sean Spears at ringside, surprisingly, uh, checking out Nakazawa. Uh, this was a slow moving match and it just went way too long in my estimation a wee bit too much interference for me from orange cassidy like at times i don't understand the rules for AEW. the referees let the matches go and like eh, at times I, I just don't like that when there's a blatant dq happening like i don't like letting the match go when there's an obvious dq happening like i don't like that but the match went too long for me. We had the Venom arm. How about that? That was pretty funny. But overall, the best friends get the win here. And you know what? We move on to the Dark Order Vignette. I am absolutely loving what Brody Lee is doing. Uh, it, it, it skews a wee bit into the Vince McMahon character or to a Vince McMahon impersonation. So... I, that part I don't like, but I like the fact that Brody Lee is getting a chance to talk and getting a chance to show his uh, personality. He said perception is reality here. Uh, one of the minions was in a tie. The other two were not. He jumped on the two that were not in a tie and said that he had a special opportunity for the one that was in a tie. This one didn't have... It wasn't Vince McMahon heavy like obviously we had the previous promos or the previous vignettes where guys were sneezing and it was like okay that's obviously a dig at Vince McMahon uh, hopefully they skew away from the digs at Vince and continue to build up Brody Lee's character so moving on ladies and gentlemen we have the Matt Hardy promo uh, to which he jumped on a excuse me uh, the inner circle I uh, said that proud and powerful was loud and devourable uh, he really jumped into his broken gimmick here he went at Chris Jericho Vanguard one I uh, said the Jericho shirt was a dumpster fire so we had a lot of good things in this promo and it looks like we may be getting a matchup with Matt Hardy versus Chris Jericho at the Hardy compound that could be a match that happens excuse my phone I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen this is going off here but that could be a match that could happen here and you know what I am all for it Matt Hardy was the originator of these type of matches so we'll see how it turns out going forward moving on ladies and gentlemen we had a Brody Lee squash match versus Lee Johnson I just tore the Pope brother apart. Brody Lee picks up the win here. That's another person that I like how they're building up when it comes to in-ring. He's a big guy, and they're doing a lot of squash matches with him, so I'm absolutely for that until they get into a real feud with him. Moving on to the main event, we had Sean Spears versus Cody, and you know what? I thought Sean Spears was going to get the victory here, man. Like, I will say that, you know what? Sean Spears needs some type of momentum, man. He's putting on good match after good match. We had a good main event here. Uh, I love the Spears suplex on the guardrail. We had a Spears AA through the table on Cody. And a lot of good spots in this matchup. The ending was pretty weird to me. We had Cody Lock on the figure four. 
And weirdly enough, Cody gets the pinfall with the figure four. Cody moves on in the tournament. And what a weird ending there. You don't really see that a lot. You know, you always see the, the shoulders down and then and the wrestler pop up after two on the figure four. And just a awkward, awkward finish here. Orthodox finish here. But Cody Rose picks up the victory. He moves on. Hopefully, Sean Spears gets some type of momentum uh, moving forward in AEW. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to the NXT review. We had the NXT Women's Ladder match to start off, and it was a show, ladies and gentlemen. We had Tegan Knox getting ripped in the beginning of the match by uh, various women, not just one. And, like, we had some fantastic spots. EO diving from the top rope on everyone from the outside. From the ladder to the rope to the outside was a phenomenal spot. I, I love the Mia and Yim powerbomb of Raquel through the table. This was a phenomenal match. Uh, EO Shirai picks up the victory here, obviously, in what was a banger of the match. It was going head-to-head with Sheeta and Britt Baker, and the ladies just put on an awesome, awesome affair here. They, they really showed out on both brands. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had the Balor promo, uh, in which he said Walter was on borrowed time. I absolutely love this promo. I absolutely love this side of Finn Balor. And, man, like, a match between Walter, who I think is over-freaking-rated, but that's neither here nor there. A match between Walter and Finn Balor would be incredible. Walter works well with smaller guys. And, you know what? I am very excited to see how this turns out, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on, we had Indusheer, Rico, and Sarah with Malcolm Bivens versus Ever Rise. This was a squash, a extended squash match for Indusheer. Uh, these guys have a good look. I like the way they move in the ring. And you know what? I am excited to see where they go with these guys moving forward. Malcolm Bivens seems like a tremendous, uh, he is a tremendous mouthpiece. And I am very excited to see what happens with Indusheer moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, moving on to the main event. We had Gargano versus Ciampa, and it was a another cinematic matchup. And man, I was very excited because they got the whole, uh, this match started at 8.04, and I'm like, man, they're giving them the whole hour. Uh, we got some six spots here. I won't go into all of them, just a few of them. Uh, Gargano getting wrecked. His uh, neck was in a chair and got pushed into a post. How about that? I love the trash talk that they displayed throughout this match. When you look at Edge and Orton, it was a, just for a side note here, it was a tremendously long match, but they weren't really talking to each other. So that made the match even longer. Chapman and Gargano were talking to each other. Uh, we had an air raid crash from the top rope to the floor from uh, Ciampa. And this was a great match, but I eventually throughout the match started to feel like it was going a bit long, but they picked it up. Ciampa using crutches all over Gargano and toward the end of the match, uh, Candice LeRae comes down. When she comes running down, I'm like, oh man, here we go. So she low blows Johnny Gargano. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And then she low blows Ciampa and I'm like, oh, okay. Gargano goes on to pick up the victory, and you know what? While I get the interference of Candice LeRae, I wish we could have gotten a clean finish here. 
Like, I get it, but you know what? It's the last match between Gargano and Ciampa. I want a clean, clear winner. Like, I don't want a something like this is this is like what would happen if the feud were continuing to go on. If we were going to have another match, like we're not going to have another match. So I wanted a clean ending here. That's my criticism of the match. Moving on, Gargano is walking out with Candice LeRae. And as they're getting in the truck to move away, we have Killer Cross and Scarlet in a car in a car across from them. And this is very interesting. It looks like we're gonna get a cross Johnny Gargano rivalry. Maybe we're getting getting cross and Scarlet versus Gargano and Larray. That would be interesting as well. So you know what? I am very interested. You know, I want to see how it turns out. They left me on a cliffhanger, and I love every bit about that, about NXT. And it was a fabulous show. NXT and AEW fabulous shows on both ends. Some things I liked, some things I didn't like, but I enjoyed it. Wednesday was is always, always the highlight of my wrestling week. So both shows did a great job. That is it, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode of the Too Sweet Podcast. Let me know your thoughts at Too Sweet Pod and at OMG Corey B on Twitter.